Hi, gay. Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This? I'm Alec. I'm Casey. And I'm Liz. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. Y'all, welcome back to Pride Month. Uh, we're having a gay old time here. Uh, padam, padam, if you will. Oh my god. <laughs> I, hot take. I think that song's overrated. I'll say I it. love it. Hot take. You have a bad hot take. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the thing is, like, I just don't see why everyone's so excited about it. Have you heard the song, Liz? I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> Probably yeah, not. Different culture. Probably um, not. I'll, I'll say this. The first time I heard it, I was like, I don't get it. Um, and then I was like, stuck in my head. So I was like, I'm going to listen to it again. And it then, is like, catchy, but... An entire, like, 30-minute drive later, I just had it on repeat. And I was like, I, I like the song. I can't say I don't. Like, I've listened to it too many times now. Who's it by? Uh, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, that's not I what we're talking about. I know who that is. <laughs> um, today, we're talking about the one, the only, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I'm so excited. Yeah. The Kylie Minogue of his time, if you will. I mean, <laughs> kind of. He was serving, honestly. Um, this uh, is the first time for me, personally, that I'm revisiting a franchise that I've already covered on the podcast. If you'll remember, my first... Uh, winter holiday episode I covered was Pee-wee's uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special or whatever it's called which is still iconic I still watch it every year uh, highly recommend it if you've not seen it um, can I interject with something gay speaking of that it does you always in. do thank you so much <laughs> so on the current season of RuPaul's Drag Race they did an entire um, runway that was dedicated to Grace Jones. I'm blanking on Grace Jones. Okay, I was like, and that's the only connection I can thank see to you so much. Yeah. Grace Jones. And I will say, I was very upset that no one repeated her outfit from the holiday special it because been it so was niche. beautiful. It would have been amazing. It, it would have been the big so box good. And everything. The Let's big box that says that to the White House. The entire oh. season hasn't been disappointing. So, let's not be surprised with that. Okay. Wow, Liz. I can't believe you'd say that on Pride Month. Spoiler alert for anyone who's who's watching but is behind us, even though this is coming out in a week. Um, I think that the only not disappointing thing so far this season has been that Lala Ree did really good in the last episode. I was very happy about that. And and she did do good. It was one of the few times I was actually like, I fully agree with what the judges are saying right now. She deserves it. Amazing. But again... The Grace Jones runway, I thought, was a letdown yeah. from across the board. Yeah. And I don't know why. It, it's a beautiful, the leather chess piece with a big blue dress. If you want to hear mm-hmm. more about it, I think we talked about it a lot. We talked about it. In that episode. Yes. <laughs> it was stunning. It was anyway. stunning. And to do this, a fashion camp, icon so dirty, I'm The so camp upset. factor of coming out of the box that says it's being <clears> delivered to the White House. To who I, I feel like we looked this up in the episode, but I think it was George bush the first at the time like the fact that grace jones was on the way to go i hope assassinate george bush is just (laughs) hilarious um anyway we're back to Wee herman uh i love Wee herman i will admit again i am not like someone who's seen every episode of Wee's playhouse i didn't grow up on the show itself but um this movie we're talking about Wee's big adventure this movie was like the first time i ever watched anything Wee related and surprise surprise somehow again it was my father who showed me this movie for some reason every like part of queer media that i was exposed to as a child was due to my father a very cis straight 
man from the Midwest who liked to shoot guns and drink beer. It's very weird to me. I don't understand. But in a gay way. (laughs) But is he, you know, (laughs) for anyone listening at home, I just did the little like limp wrist thing. You, they could feel it. Um, he was very tuned in to gay culture, though. He understood I, I his so. duty. I guess so. You know what's really funny? I don't know if I've talked about this before. Um, I probably told the two of you this. When I came out to my dad, I was away at Summerstock, and I called him one day. And it was after I'd started dating Isaiah, and I was just like, I just want to tell him. I just like want to be you know, upfront about everything. And... I called him and I was like, hey, uh, I just, I have something to tell you. Um, I'm bisexual. And like, he paused, he like needed a moment to be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. What am I going to say next? And I took that pause to be like, you hate me. You're disowning me. And I was like, you'll never understand me. And I hung up. (laughs) He he called back, he called back later that night and was like, um, so are we going to talk about what happened earlier? And it was like, I don't know. What do you want to say? And he was like, well, I just was surprised. And he was like, it's, and I don't know exactly what he said, but like, it was fine. And he was very accepting yeah. of me and he never had a problem with Isaiah. He liked Isaiah a lot. Um, but I think it's really funny that yeah. he was I like, before I was a little shocked, but when you were very dramatic and hung up the phone, I was like, mm-hmm. no, it tracks. I see it. No. <laughs> that does track. I was very, dramatic. I remember one time I had a rabbit that died and I like had it such a huge like fit about it. I, I won't go into it. Um, anyway, PB Herman, <laughs> PB's big adventure. Uh, it's a great movie. I saw it. I don't know. Probably when I was like eight, nine or 10, somewhere in there for the first time. Uh, this is like one of those weird franchises that's like, I think it was really made for adults, but like, I think it also like plays well to kids. Like I know it's supposed to be like very childlike and stuff, but it's, I think it's like very much an adult franchise. It's very like on the nose. Like all the jokes are like very self-aware and there's usually like an ulterior motive to them. Um, but I don't. I just. I always liked it, and every time I watch this movie or anything Pee Wee, it's like I discover like another funny joke or something about it, which I always enjoy. Um, but that's like my history with this movie. What are? Have y'all seen this movie before? We we're watching it for the podcast. What's y'all? Um... <laughs> Georgie. Uh, Georgie's what's... seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> Georgie's like, yes, I have. <laughs> Um, I hate that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm homophobic. Uh, No, what's y'all's history with Pee-wee's Big Adventure specifically? And Pee-wee. Like, I I feel, I'm sure we talked about our history with Pee-wee before, but. Yeah, I feel like my history with Pee-wee is actually mostly just this movie. Okay. Um, Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I probably watched this on TV by myself um, quite a lot. I I think, like, literally there was some point my mom just randomly got HBO. Like, I don't think we had cable before then, and then randomly we just had super cable, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's like Um, zero to a hundred. A hundred percent. So, yeah, and I think this just played on HBO quite a bit, so I would just, like, pop it on. Um, It's it's such a a weird little little movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't remember if I loved it or not, but I think it was more so like I was like, oh, I know this, and then I'd watch it. Yeah. I I do think... Speaking of weird little movie, I feel like this is when I think of like the definition of cult classic. Like this is what I think of in my head. Oh, it's yeah. like this movie is just so weird and campy and stupid and bad but amazing. Yeah, um, Liz, what about you? 
Uh, I have definitely seen this movie before. I don't remember when I first watched this movie, um, but it uh, played in uh, River Market. Sorry, I'm like trying to think. Um, played in River Market in Kansas City by the Alamo. And this is part of, I think, why I actually got my job hosting movies at the Alamo is because I went to some of these like outdoor events at the Alamo and I dressed up. And then I met some of the people that worked for Alamo. And so then that's like how I made connections to then end up like hosting movies later. So I feel like this had like an important impact on like that part of my life. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is definitely like the main thing <coughs> that I know from Pee- the Pee Wee's world. I'm sorry, George. This is okay. being a jerk today. Um, <coughs> and no. Oh, you can have this actually. You just give him the whole bag of uh, marshmallows? No. Yeah. He, he had a toy up here. Uh, so, yeah, this was definitely, like, my introduction. And I I think I don't remember anything past this. And I'm feeling like now I'm like, what if we double-checked what we all said about <laughs> Pee-wee on the last episode? And it's totally yeah. different. And that's very possible. <laughs> but yeah. um, those are my main memories. With Wait, Pee-wee. you have to, though. Yeah, I know you mentioned your, like, hosting gig at the Alamo. But you did host this movie once, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, so in full drag. I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> in full drag. Uh, not That's as good, good of drag. Not as good of drag as my Moulin Rouge drag, but still what did you do for fun. Moulin Rouge? I was Harold Zittler. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. With the sideburns and the stash and the whole Classic. vibe, it was great. I actually saw this at Alamo when you hosted. Oh okay, fun. Uh, I yeah. It's a fun time. It's a good time. I miss those sriracha fries. It was like my favorite thing. I know. <laughs> I the, think like, like them all the time. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. I like the milkshakes. Um. Anyway, we're not here to talk about a corporation. <laughs> we're here to talk about, well, if Pee Wee Herman's a corporation, I'm fine. I support that. I support capitalism. <laughs> I'm a capitalist right now. Um, no, I love Pee Wee Herman. Um, I'll preface this. I kind of, we don't, I don't think we touched on any of this the last time we talked about Pee Wee, but like I was like reading his wikipedia page and i was like oh i kind of like forgot like all the drama with peewee like back in the 90s and 2000 like early 2000s i like, never did i always think about it when i watch him yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, so strange I, it is strange so like um peewee herman was like arrested for uh apparently decent exposure is that what the charge was? I was like, I was going to say he was so. pleasuring himself. But it was yeah. it was an adult movie theater. Like, what the fuck else do you go there for? Like, yeah. let the dudes just jerk off. Or whoever just jerk off. Like, it's fine. Um, the floor is covered with semen anyway. It's fine. Um, and that was like, I think he, he pleaded like guilty to a misdemeanor charge or something. And like, mm-hmm. got the rest of it expunged. And then he was like, uh, arrested again in 2002 because they raided his home which seems really weird and he had like a bunch of like uh vintage uh erotica um like magazines and stuff which is fine and they just were like oh some of this looks like these people are too young so we're gonna say this is child pornography even though they didn't have like any real proof of that um which like i don't know what's true and what's not true like yeah. I, that's not that's not my like thing to say but it it just sounds like so similar to like the bullshit that people were going through like you know decades ago just like finding any way to like basically 
persecute a gay person for anything, whether it was like dressing in drag or, you know, not wearing clothes that conformed yeah. to their gender or like porn or whatever. You know, it's not something totally. that they would they would overlook that for like a straight person, but because it was someone who had homosexual vintage porn, like come mm-hmm. on. It feels very George Michael and how they like followed him and harassed them for like I think a year before he actually got like uh, arrested for mm. having yeah sex targeted like very targeted yeah they literally were following him I think even in on a documentary not to make this about George Michael but just to talk about the scenario where it's like he was so used to the police following him and doing everything he, whatnot and trying to entrap him. Mm-hmm. that literally when he finally got caught, it was just him giving up and be like, you're going to find a reason to arrest me. You've done this for like almost a year straight of harassing me and like sending men to like flirt with me and trying to start sexual acts in public that he was just like, sure. Why yeah, not? It's, yeah. And like, please <clears throat> did that for like decades just to like, like mm-hmm. you said, entrapment and like when police would go into like gay bars, like when people died at Stonewall, do you remember people dying at Stonewall? Um, <laughs> oh, Derek and <laughs> um, Like that whole thing was like they would send undercover police officers into a bar to act homosexual and mm-hmm. if a bartender served them then they would like shut down the bar and it's like what the yeah. fuck is like just sell someone alcohol like if you're gonna call yourself a capitalist country then like make sure everyone can spend their money in the country like you can't pick yeah. and choose things. it's very weird. Um I don't know. Do y'all have anything to add to it? That's my, that's my rant. Um, I love it. I love the police and I love fascism. So you heard it here first. Casey's a (laughs) Blue Lives Matter supporter. Hey, it's a part of the rainbow. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. I I do too. I lied. Everything I said was a lie. I'm going to cut that out. So everyone's just going to think you're being honest. Um, um, I did recently. This is this just making me laugh because I recently saw a movie called The Blackening, and in the movie, uh, there's like a character who's like they're basically trying to decide who the blackest person is, and at one point, this guy's like, "I voted for Trump, and all lives matter." <laughs> like, oh my god! To try to prove that he wasn't that black, and it oh was I don't know, it was very funny. Because isn't the premise like they're all in a horror movie and they're like, well, yeah. "Who dies?" Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Who dies first? Like, the tagline says, we can't all die first. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did that just come out? Yeah. Okay, I think I... Isaiah and I saw an ad for that, and we were like... The first half of the the ad looks like an actual scary movie, and then the second half of the ad looks like the franchise scary movie. And we're like, what's the tone here? Like, is it's it... It's definitely, like, parody... Co- it's definitely scary movie vibes. Okay, okay. I don't mind that. Yeah. It looks you like could a watch it. Time. You could definitely watch it. It's not... There's actually a few movies out for the first scary. time that I actually want to go see. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird time. Well, and not to sidetrack us, but we're all going to see Barbie next month, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the countdown is on, I think it's it's just a little over a month from the time we're recording this. Um, anyway, we're talking about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So, uh, <laughs> this movie came out in 1985. Uh, it is directed by Tim Burton, back when Tim Burton actually did interesting things with this movies. This is his first feature. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Because I think this movie is, like, stellar. Like, I think it's, like... No, like... No, this movie it's just is... really funny to be, like, Tim Burton, who, like, I understand controversial, yeah. like, whether his stuff is good or not, but you're, like, I think this movie's, like, stellar. How could he have done this? No, well, I think... I was talking to Isaiah about this. I think there's, like, a direct correlation between, like, the more money Tim Burton gets, like, the worse his movies get. Because, like, 100%. when he was, like earlier in his career or maybe it was just like he had more ideas back then when he was younger I don't know I'm not trying to be ageist but like Mm. 
I don't know what it is, but he just had like a lot more fun with his movies and like when things were less dependent also like on CGI. Like yeah. look at this compared to like his like Alice in Wonderland. It's just like so fun to see like these fun mm-hmm. little sets and like <clears throat> sites they visited for the show and like the sh- stupid house they built for Pee Wee to live in in the movie and it's it's so fun. Well, I also think he was better whenever he was in a playground that forced him to not fully do his style. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think, um, like, the two Batman movies he did, stylistically, I think are great. Oh, but he yeah. had to do the Batman tone in his style. Mm-hmm. He had to do sure. the Pee-wee tone in his style. Yeah. And, like, when those things happened, it was very interesting. Um, I think Nightmare Before Christmas was just kismet because they found a, you know, a claymation team that was so good. And... Mm-hmm. It I mean, don't it, knock but... Beetlejuice. It's fully, yeah. it's fully his fucking crazy style, yeah. but also it's. Yeah. I did. There was a moment, not to like jump ahead too far. There was a there's a moment in this where Peavy's having a dream sequence and like the clowns are like rushing the I little the, the bike, thing. and they go yes. through these arches, and I was yes. like. I actually looked up, I was like, oh, is this the same art director who was on this movie? It's not the same as Beetlejuice, because the arches look very similar to the yeah. hallways in the, um, mm-hmm. like, the afterworld bureaucracy I literally leaned thing. over to Blair during this part, and I was like, this is so Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're, like, kind of neon, like, it's 80s. Yeah, but, like, they have the purple, the yeah. white arches with, like, the purple lighting. It's so I do very, feel like yeah. that was directly influenced by Tim Burton, instead of him being like, I want this weird dream thing mm-hmm. to his production designer and being like, go with it. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like i want it to look like this um but yeah yeah i guess even with beetlejuice though since he had it like because i feel like all the underworld stuff is like so him and the house redecorating is so him Mm -hmm. but then we have the how stuff was before that's not like it's just such a straightforward style Mm -hmm. stylistically i think that's why that stuff works too because you're like there feels like there's balance whereas alice in wonderland was like all him all the time to the most extreme and you're like we get it. We've seen it so much by now. Like, we know yeah. what you're going to do, and it's not... Yeah. That great. Sorry, I'm, like, rolling up my sleeves like I'm about to play volleyball. Ooh, show off them guns. They're not. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, my arms are really hot. I don't know why I'm saying this on the podcast. So you all get to hear hot. this, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Tim Burton at some of his finest, I think. His, mm-hmm. his yeah. I mean, this was his first movie, so, or his first feature film so like 1985 through probably i don't know like when do we think he like started turning what was he doing 1997 yeah i don't know his like <laughs> now i had to look it up i mean dark me. shadows was before alice in wonderland i think or mm-hmm. is it around the same time and that mm-hmm. was also kind of like downfall yeah i remember actually enjoying that more than most people did but i liked the fa- like the fashion because it was very like 50s, yeah i mean 60s. i didn't hate dark better. shadows but i would say it's it was the beginning of the end yeah <laughs> oh yeah so like okay so in 95 we have batman forever i'm going to give that a toot that's great uh-huh. uh 96 yes. Ooh, we have yes. james and giant peach he's a producer i'm going to give that a toot i love that yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Marino. 96 mars attacks double toot i love that movie <gasps> yes yeah. so good uh th- is it really that big of a break so mars attacks 96 to a TV miniseries in 2000. Then we don't count a, it. No one saw it. A TV movie, another TV movie in 2000. Then he doesn't do. Is this just his producing credits? Oh, this is his producing credits. Stand by. <laughs> but also, like, I was like, he's probably 97 sounding good. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> lol. So we go Mars Attacks, 
three years later we go to Sleepy Hollow, which I think is decent. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I, I will say, actually, I think Sleepy Hollow kind of starts to decline. I think yeah. Sleepy well, Hollow is, like, fine, but then it's, like, because not, not the best. Because his next, uh, oh, he did a 2001 Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Because I was going to say, the first thing I recognized after that was Big Fish, which we all know was, like, Flaptina Aguilera. Oh. I and love then, Big Fish, but I get it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I just remember not liking it. And then from that, he goes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it's like, mm. Mm, yeah. Um His Planet of the Apes is not so much in his style, but it is not good. It starts like Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> I think, or someone like And that. fucking Paul Giamatti is the yeah. orangutan. And I love Paul is... Giamatti, honestly. Okay. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times in my life I don't know why, but there's a scene in that movie where Paul Giamatti is making the humans get into a van, and I feel like I've even said this on the podcast before, I don't know, I've recently (laughs) talked about this, but he's getting humans into the van, and he goes, get them in and get them clean, because they're, like, (laughs) taking them to, like, wash them off somewhere, and I think about that part all the time. (laughs) I think we have, um, this isn't a Tim Burton podcast, but, like, after Charlie (laughs) and the Chocolate Factory, the same year, I didn't realize, the same year. There is a slight uptick because he does Corpse Bride, and I do really like Corpse Bride. Um, yeah, I think it's That's another I think claymation. I think the style looks good. I think the storyline is fine. I thought the songs were kind of blah. Yeah, that's I, my two cents. That's fine. I don't think it's that. The great, movie's also but... like super short. I love that it's like an hour twenty or something like that. It's as most movies wonderful. should be. Truly. Um. <laughs> yeah. So like Tim Burton. Whatever. He's great at this movie. Um, Timmy Birdie's fine, I guess. Timmy Birdie. Um, also, the score uh, is done by Danny Elfman, longtime collaborator with Tim Burton. And this is also Danny Elfman, like, at peak Danny Elfman, you know. It's... This is his first feature orchestral score. Is it really? So it's the first one that he did that was, like, an orchestra versus, like, yeah. Boingo Boingo collaboration right. kind of stuff. Because, like, right. Forbidden Zone was his first movie that he did a score for. But Popopolis. Um, I know coming in with the movie is well, right now. No, I love this. I I like Danny Elfman a lot. Yeah. So Forbidden He's Zone so was weird. like his first movie score, but it wasn't orchestral. It was like him collaborating with musicians, you know, doing like uh yeah. kind of more of his Oingo Boingo kind of stuff. Yeah. Um whereas this is his first orchestral. And it yeah. I mean, it's always funny cuz as soon as you hear anything <clears throat> Tim Burton, Danny Elfman or honestly, Danny Elfman in general. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's Danny Elfman. Because like, yep. I was watching Freeway recently with Reese Witherspoon. And I was like, oh, this is Danny Elfman. And I didn't even realize it was him. And it's like crazy. I'm like, oh, this sounds like fucking Beetlejuice right now. Well, yeah, it's like watching the Wednesday series, which I don't think Tim Burton did direct that. But Danny Elfman he, did the music for it. He, he's a producer he, on it, I think. Yeah, he's, he's a producer. Runner. Okay, because I was like, I he's watched it and it made me it. question it. It's up here. It's his most recent he thing. He did he's some of the episodes, but okay. not all of them. Uh, Usually, okay. like, a showrunner won't direct all the episodes. They'll direct some of them, but... I see. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, oh, interesting. But yeah, I, I think Danny Elfman is... I feel like a lot of, um, like, people who do the orchestration for mm. movies have such a very specific style and it always works Sometimes. for the movies like it it's just strange to me where it's like you're it's so easily identified with so many of these different like artists yeah but i mean it like works you i've heard things about this composer but like a Hans zimmer score sounds like a Hans zimmer score it's always like yes. it's like you know really intense yeah. 
But like, kind of, I feel like your Andre Desplats like is he's really um, uh, malleable, I guess. Like, I we watched Julia and Julia on Friday night just because it's a cozy movie and I wanted to watch it. And Isaiah did too, and um, I didn't realize it was Andre Desplat. Like, the, it came across the, the title, and I was like, oh. Like, I can sort of see it, but I wouldn't have guessed it was that person. Yeah. I guess I'll put it this way. When I notice the music, it always seems to be the same people. Yeah. And it's always so easily identified. And That's when valid. I don't notice, it's like, oh, there was, there was did, orchestration. Like, Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Is that Hans Zimmer? No, that's John no. Williams. That's John Williams. He's very John Williams identifiable. has very... John yeah. Williams Booth. I saw him... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I saw John Williams conduct his own music at the Hollywood Bowl in LA, and it was really cool. Hmm. Every time he did a song, everyone like put up their lightsabers, and I was like, "This is Indiana Jones. This isn't Star Wars. Yeah. Come on, people, come down, nerds, yeah, truly. but not nerdy enough, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so, Pee Wee, what happened there? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, no, I just I I that's kind of like the creative timeline of the movie. Um, I don't know. I enjoy it. I, I, I just have some, like, things that really stood out in the movie to me and maybe chuckle. I didn't do, like, a, a like, step-by-step of the plot of the movie. So, like, the, for anyone... Step. Shut the hell up. Day <laughs> by day. Uh, day by day. This is a step-by-step <laughs> podcast now. Um, you wish. I don't wish. Uh, so, <laughs> the plot of the movie, the overall structure is, like, Pee-wee has this bike he loves. Um, so, Pee-wee's, like kind of a big kid i'll get into like sort of the queer reading of pb herman in a second but pb's like this adult who is basically a kid and he has this really cool bicycle and it goes missing and he suspects it's this like kind of rich bully kid who is what i'm assuming that baron trump is going to grow up to be but um in it spoiler (laughs) alert it is him like he kind of arranges to get it stolen but essentially, it like catapults Pee Wee into like this cross country adventure to find his bike, um, and he meets a lot of different people and like a lot of different stories. It's his big adventure, um, and then he ends up on the Warner Brothers movie lot uh, at the end, who also made the movie, and um, it, they are like he like ruins a bunch of movie shoots, and then the producers are like, "We love your story. We're gonna make a movie of it." So then they make like a movie at the end he's like seeing his own life very fun um and he's reunited with his bike that's like the gist of the movie you know if you're gonna summarize it into anything um yeah anything to add to that no it's a very simple story i mean it just goes into lots of different weird scenarios but like yeah Yeah. a very simple but long story (laughs) it's an hour and a half i was gonna say it doesn't feel long to me it's a long hour and a half. <laughs> wow. Wow, we got a Pee Wee hater. Um, we I call love ourselves Pee Haters. I mean, <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Um, You're not going to touch the Pee Hater? <laughs> the. the uh, Oh god. I the like the the movie like starts with like Pee-wee at his house, which is a really cute house and it's like decorated over the, it's not his playhouse, so it's like a different mm-hmm. building than in the yep. TV series. This is um, the multiverse of Pee-wee. Yeah, into the This multiverse. is a different Pee-wee but technically the same Pee-wee. Every pee everywhere all at once. Um <laughs> uh he has this like 
really crazy Rube Goldberg breakfast machine, which I always <laughs> love and I wish I had in my kitchen. That would just make me pancakes and throw them on the ceiling every morning. Um, he has this like whole montage of him getting ready and like showing the kooky things in his house. Uh, and I, this I don't know why this stood out to me when I was watching it this time. The first time they show the bike, he like has this secret code that opens up this thing in a hedge that reveals the bike because he's very protective of it. Yeah, and it's basically just like a like a black painted thing that the bike is sitting in front of, but they painted a spotlight on the black wall behind it. Like, there's not an actual spotlight on the bike. It's just painted on the wall behind it, which I think is really funny to me. I don't know why, but it's it's camp to me. Um, I was, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this feels very much like, um, you could interpret Pee-wee as this, like, like, queer person, like, queer adult, because, like, they always say, like, a lot of queer people because they may not come out when they're an actual teenager they go through like a second puberty and so they like have to relive their youth whether that's just like re figuring out what they like in pop culture or like re-exploring their sexuality uh and then you know like having more interactions with people or i don't know but this just feels very much like he's stuck in his like youth because he's like Mm discovered himself that was my reading of it i don't know what y'all thought i don't know what that's like at all I can't really connect with a storyline like that. Like, it just isn't a thing. (laughs) So, listeners, the irony here is that Casey's sitting in front of literally, like, shelves and shelves of, uh, what, Sailor Moon memorabilia. Uh, you got some Power Ranger stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, There are drag queens. Um, and you can't see all of my Gundams over there. Jesus. Uh, I have a Kingdom Hearts sword. (laughs) Would you say... I feel like, is Pee-wee asexual, or do you think Pee-wee's just, like, queer? I think Pee-wee's definitely a member of the LGBTQIA Two-Spirit Plus community. I don't know, I don't think I know enough to say if he's asexual. I do. He's asexual, for sure. (laughs) Um, He's such a weird... There's no evidence to support that, you're just like... (laughs) No. (laughs) I have determined. He doesn't fuck. Um, this is a sexless character, but That's I think most children's shows are sexless characters. Um, but also I would like to use my evidence as the person I think is most wronged in this movie, I know. who's Dottie. Dottie. Um, the quasi love interest, not really love interest. She, D- Dottie has a huge crush on Pee Wee and he's just like not into it, which could be read as like, he's not into women or he just doesn't have yeah. any sexual feelings or romantic feelings toward anyone. Yeah, because anytime in the very beginning, she's like, I want to go to the drive-in with yeah. you. And he's like, nope. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, and she keeps on bringing up stuff like that. Like, even later when he's stranded asking her to buy a train ticket. And then she's like, and maybe we could do something sometime. And he's like, I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. Bye. And then hang us up on her. And I'm like, you're just tell her you're not interested. I mean, he also. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for her. He's not interested by not accepting her advances. Yeah, but he's like. I mean, here's the thing: if I think so, I think Dottie. I think Dottie would be a ride or die, though. Like they, if they, they just need to like get over this like hump of whatever like romantic interest because I think that they would be great friends and they just like need to. I mean, I would say also fun fact gender wise. I think people would see a male Dottie with a female Pee Wee as like, please leave her the fuck alone. 
because she's clearly not interested. So yeah. I think that you could say, read the signals, Dottie. I do love Dottie, and I, I feel bad for her, and it makes me sad. But I'm just saying yeah. in... Mm-hmm. Um, before, before we go any deeper into this conversation, <laughs> I think it's really important to point out that Dottie is portrayed by the voice actor who plays Tommy Pickles in The Rugrats. I almost always yeah. forget it before I watch this movie and then she opens her mouth for the first time and I'm like that's Tommy Pickles that is a baby in a diaper that is a baby literally talking which is, is why her into a man child makes sense because she is also an infant boy yeah uh, yeah E.G. Daly no. by the way if, if you care and, to know the name yeah and I I see what you're saying Liz and I I understand that but I support women and not man well, children I mean... Support women's rights and women's wrongs. Yes, and I think she was right the whole time. I mean... <laughs> but no, if she was a man, I'd definitely be like, get him out of here! <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It's also like not like a perspective I think you... S- I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I was going to say it's not a perspective you see too much like in you know 80s or earlier yeah. pop culture, media, whatever. Um, but I don't know if but that's it- actually true. It does show you that if they did a gender swap pretty and pink, Ducky can be charming. Because <laughs> it's just true. Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's like 16 candles, too. You could do the same thing, like with What's-His-Face. Although he... No, that's not Ducky. That Ducky? Uh, that's, that's a different person. It's it's the guy that... That's culturally no. offensive. Well, sixteen well, candles as a sixteen candles does offensive. have. But I'm saying the nerdy guy. Oh, the actual love entrance. The one well, that's obsessed no, with her. Not Jake. He's Ryan. the nerdy guy that's Except obsessed with her, and yeah. he like steals her underwear, and a whole. He's weird. He's little white boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's also the nerd. Kid. He's yeah. also the nerd he's in, in Breakfast things. Club. Like, he plays the nerd in like. Oh, Was he in oh. Weird yes, he's also the nerd in Weird Science. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Isaiah. It's would know like Anthony Michael Hall. Talks about him a lot. An- head. No. Anthony Stewart That's had his Giles. Anthony. I think Anthony Michael Hall is the guy. Stand and by. Maybe he's just Anthony Hall because isn't Anthony Michael Hall the guy who did um, the serial killer show? An- Anthony Michael Hall. It is okay. Yeah. Who's the guy who played um I'm I'm a killer boy and now I'm a logger by Oh Dexter? <laughs> That's Michael Yeah, who's that? Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. There's too many. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I don't know. I mean why he's I also he's Get also Did you ever watch that? Yep, he's the and gay he brother. Plays a gay. Yeah. Pride month. <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride. <Okay. laughs> uh it all circles back. It anyway, all circles back to Pride. That's <laughs> It all circles back to E.G. Daily, Tommy Pickles. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. She's still, like, obsessed with him at the end of the yeah. movie, and he's still, like, not into it. Uh, I think it's really funny because in the, like, studio version of the Pee Wee story that they show at the end of the movie, because, like, he's at a drive-in, and he's basically, like, giving concessions to everyone that he interacted with in the movie, uh, so you kind of see them all yeah. again, which I think is really cute. Uh, but cute, he ends yeah. with Dottie, and but in the movie they um, like it's very much like a James Bond and like kind of this like PW. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PW. It, I don't know. It's just very like the way they like portray Dottie is like this very sexy. Like she's wearing this tight uh, blue 
bodysuit kind of and i don't know it's very funny that uh that's how they portray the relationship and it's not like what it is which i think feeds into Dottie's uh fascination with them for sure um for sure okay also for sure um one thing I've never noticed before watching it this time, uh, in the beginning of the movie, when Pee-wee's getting ready in the bathroom, he has a little, it has, like, one of those scales that you, like, used to see places that you'd, like, put a quarter in, like, public places that you put a quarter in, it would tell you your weight, and oh, then, yeah. like, it would give you, like, a fortune, but this one has, like, a horoscope, and he selects, Pee-wee Herman is a Pisces, is canonically a Pisces. He hits the Pisces <laughs> button, and I don't know if I've ever, like... I've not noticed that before, but now I feel like I relate to him so much more. <laughs> I, Is it really yeah, I don't Pride know. Month if we don't talk about, like, astrology? No. No, it's not. Also, right. he um, is, like, 98 pounds, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yes. He's a twink. Pee-wee is canonically a Pisces twink. Don't forget it. There's something about that that is correct, and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I do think that Pee Wee is a February Pisces and not a March Pisces, but that's conversation for a different day. You know what? I'm my same thing with all this. I have no idea what that means, but good for you. <laughs> I'm okay, Gemini. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. We talked about Dottie. We talked about the Rube Gold machine. Like, talk about whatever you want. I'm just going to go through my list, which isn't super long. Um, I already did it. I just want to talk about Dottie. That's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> Dottie. Back to Dottie. Um, so, like, once Pee-wee's bike gets stolen, which is very dramatic and over the top, he, like, has a meltdown, and they bring in, like, EMTs, and it's I, it's very silly. And the clown? It's a big, like, it's, like, an inflatable yes. clown that, like, when it actually gets stolen that's next to it. Oh, yeah, it's like a mechanical one that like moves and waves, and he chains his bike like fifteen times around it, and it still mm-hmm. disappears, which is funny. See, I looked down apparently, and I missed the whole like chaining his thing to his bike, so I knew he lost his bike. But <laughs> like when he just looked at the clown and started screaming, I was like, "Well, this is a normal Pee Wee Herman bit." And then he's like, "My bike's been stolen." I was like, "I missed something." I was gonna say his um, bike yeah. is strapped to that clown for like. <laughs> 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and he goes back, while while he's shopping, he goes back and checks on his bike, and it's still there. Like, it's a whole thing. Um, Also, when he's out shopping, when he has his bike chained up, he goes to a magic shop. In the magic shop, there's a poster of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which I think is, Isaiah pointed it out. Uh, It's really cute because Cassandra Peterson, who plays Elvira, uh, actually, like, trained with Paul Rubens, who is Pee-wee, and the Groundlings in L.A. Like, that's, like, before they got their start, and, like, Almost everyone that's in Pee Wee's Playhouse, like the show, uh, came from the Groundlings also. And mm-hmm. so there's so much like kind of crossover um, into like those 80s kind of weird campy pop culture people. And it like spills a little bit into like things like SNL and stuff. But I think it's just. Well, really and she's in the biker bar. That's cute. Yeah. I always Cassandra forget Peterson, that. I, like, yeah, I'm like, oh Peterson's yeah, it's a poster. In, like the biker yeah, mom she's, like, or whatever. Like, yeah, she's yeah. the one who's yeah. like, let me take care of them. Oh my god, that just clicked because she's not no. in her Elvira drag no. at all. I know. It's so funny when she's like, I like yeah. she like picked up Huey and I and I leaned to Blair. I was like, hey, that's Elvira. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm staring at her like, I know her for some reason, but she's probably just like some random like 80s actress no, and a lot of Andy stuff. Peterson. Like random small parts. But no, it's Elvira. It's mm-hmm. Our Lord and Savior. So good. Our Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you get like really great um, moments, Tim Burton moments, like after Peavy's bike gets stolen when he's walking through like the outdoor mall and like there's like five million people riding their bikes <laughs> around him and he's like just like looking at them longingly it's like so well like he just had a vision and he went with it and like whoever helped him like choreograph these bits is like really really iconic honestly um i don't do y'all have anything to say about like um what is buxton or whatever the francis i don't really care for that character francis it's terrible his last name is buxton right i don't know because he calls him he says buxton oh yeah probably i'm sure that's as a fat i'm sure it um, is yeah yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I hate when it's like, oh, they're, it's, you know, it's the typical, like, something we don't like about a person in real life becomes, like, the bad guy. So it's like, the bad guy's fat. It's like, okay, whatever. But um, yeah. Francis is funny. He's stupid and annoying and ridiculous. And I do, I am very envious of his bathtub. That's what I have to say about Francis. It is. Oh my, it's a swimming <laughs> And I love that it has a it's giant literally a swimming pool. <laughs> and giant, like, handles. <laughs> it's giving, not to talk about a transphobe's artwork during Pride Month, but it's giving, like, the the head of house bath in mm. Harry Potter. You know, in yeah. Goblet of Fire, where he puts, like, the egg underwater. Yeah, that's what I think. Honestly, about, you know? I want that bath. Mostly because all the spouts had different things, and I would just love bubble mm-hmm. bath on tap. Yeah, that's magical bubbles. That's all I have to... I don't even care if they're magical. I would just like normal yeah. bubbles. I just want a giant more bathtub, affordable. basically. That's your like, more... Moral of the story. Yeah. I... I saw a picture today of a guy that had a giant bathtub, and I was just like, I'm so... That's that's that's. I know! Me, I'm like, you're rich bathtub. if you have a bathtub I, that can I don't actually fit your whole you body. Yeah, I don't fit in bathtub, especially in New York City. I we just started looking at apartments recently, and this one broker was like, "Yeah, I can show you this other place. Uh, it only has like one of those really short baths. It's like they took a regular tub and cut it in half." And I was like, "That's, I I don't care. I can't fit in a yeah. New York City bathtub to begin with, so it does not make any difference to me." Considering it just is essentially like a lip on the floor to collect some water, and they're like, "That's a bathtub, I right?" Um, I yeah. will say, my ex's house. Uh, it was amazing because he inherited it from his grandparents and so had like one of those old like people baths that has like the door Profit? on it. No, not oh. a tablet. <laughs> like a like, it, um, It's like a therapeutic bath. Yes. Yeah. And so like it literally had like one side of it was slanted <laughs> so you could lay down properly. And it literally was like two feet high, like maybe even three feet because I was fully submerged and I could like stick out my Walk legs perfectly bathtub. straight. Yes. Let me tell you, they look hideous. They are so <laughs> they're really amazing. Really. They are the like I, 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 it's the one time I'll be like I throw out aesthetics. I don't care. Give, it had jets <gasps> on it. I was I was uh, just luxury. <laughs> like oh my gosh, I've never felt more at peace in my life. If I died in that bathtub, I'd be like that's fine. I've done it. <laughs> I am good. Uh, anyway, so PB um, had a bully in the pool or something. <laughs> yeah, he gets into like a wrestling match with uh, uh, Francis in, in the, the pool. It's like a thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. I think Francis is a fun character, uh, but I don't really 
care about him too much, which I think is what they want. I mean, continuing... He does his job well. Continuing on continuing on with, like, the queer, like, viewpoint of this movie, like, Francis is definitely, like, has the energy of, like, your old queen who's, like, just, like, mean as a defensive mechanism. Yeah. I was gonna say, he's he's since, like, queer, but he's since, like, snooty privilege queer. Um, yeah. So, I'd also he's say like, he... I outlived the AIDS crisis, so I'm better than everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's giving me, like, former twink vibes. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Miss Former Twink. Uh. <laughs> Miss Former Twink. Okay, so, like, PB goes on his adventure. Um, he, like, gets picked up by a hitchhiker in a really cool convertible and rides with them. Um, and they get pulled over. Oh, the, the, he's, like, a convict. He's, like, running. He has, like, handcuffs still on his arms. It's very funny. Um, and they, like, get pulled over by a cop. And Pee-wee dresses in drag <laughs> uh, to pretend that he's not a convict. Um, but like, why does Pee Wee Herman and drag it look looks like, like yeah, it's olive oil as, like, specifically. Olive oil. It's, <laughs> it's gotta <laughs> it's be like olive oil. So funny. It's the hair. See, the hair really helps because the olive oil haircut yeah. is like not cute, and that's what Pee Wee's got going on. Um, yeah, yeah, similar vibe hair wise, but I was getting Liza Minnelli. Mm. Uh, well, there's a little ponytail. I don't think Liza had much of see, a pony but i don't i don't think you see the ponytail that much um i will say um no f- man friend and the driver's seat with a big mustache on i don't know i was feeling my fantasy for him i was into it i like i him. mean he's a good he, time <laughs> there's a moment after they have this run-in where peewee's still in drag and like he looks at him at peewee and i'm like <laughs> they gonna fuck like <laughs> yeah they're gonna do it <laughs> i don't know if peewee wants to fuck but he wants to fuck peewee and that in that coat honestly it's just a coat i know yeah. i do like when the cops yeah. like can you it's please great. get out of the car ma'am and then he's like i just wanted to look at your cute little outfit <laughs> <laughs> everyone in this movie is gay is <laughs> like yes, yes you can see this yes mother it's so good um, um so good they uh they like drive off a cliff yeah. because the roads are really curvy there's a great like sequence with road signs um there's this great sequence where they're in the dark and they just have like little animated eyes and there's a bunch of animals around. It's very cute. Um, but then the, the next part that is very iconic to me is Pee Wee continues to hitchhike and gets picked up by a semi truck driver. Um, and we learn that this person's known as large Marge. Large Marge. Um, and there's a very great, uh, there's a very great, um, yeah. like Beetlejuice esque moment where like, she's telling mm-hmm. this like, story of this trucker who crashed and she like turns and like does a scary face it's like a claymation face Tell it's him, great it's like Marge again peak Tim yeah okay. yeah and she like kicks him off at like a diner and she, she says that line and he goes in and like he just says large marriage <laughs> yeah. and everyone like drops their forks and everything and like the joke is that she was the trucker who died and like it was a ghost that he was writing with spooky so I have seen this movie so many times. This is literally the only part I ever remember is Large Marge. I forget I mean, everything else every time I watch this. I, it's like I think Large Marge is the uh, <clears throat> like scary nightmare for many children of this time period. Like I I feel like this movie was scary yeah. because of Large Marge and the clowns in the dream sequence. Like it was like those two things were like wow, Pee Wee's sure, a scary yeah. movie because of those two things. <laughs> 
Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Big Top, which was, I think, a follow-up to this movie, has, like, even scarier clowns in it. I only saw it, like, once, and I was just like, this this is too much for me. But in talking about Beetlejuice, though, as a kid, this part didn't frighten me. I was just so excited to see her face change. Just like in Beetlejuice when they pull yeah. their faces and, like, stretch them out and do those weird yes. things. I was like, yeah. that's my favorite part as a kid. I was like, I want to see that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is good. Um... Also, I like look. I was just curious about this actor who plays Large Marge. Um, she just did like a bunch of like little roles, mm-hmm. sort of in the same ilk. Um, but she, uh, it said that when she passed away, her um, survivor was her life partner, who had a very feminine presenting name. So I'm thinking lesbian icon mm-hmm. Large Marge, like truly. Gays, everyone's gay in this Gays. movie. <laughs> It's Everyone. it's canon. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. gay. Even Dottie. She just doesn't know it yet. Oh. You know that tracks. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Or at least she's bisexual, you know. Yeah. Or non binary. I could see I could see that on the Yeah. She's on a I almost said she's on a spectrum, but that phrase means something <laughs> different. <laughs> the different so. the different sort of pride there. Different spectrum. Um anyway, it's, <clears throat> I I'm trying to remember what is what instigates Pee-wee's determination uh, he goes to get to, to see that a psychic Alamo. and someone she tells says, him because she like basically yeah. like looks yes. outside and she like sees kind of like letters on a sign that then spell out the Alamo basically and then she's like yeah and then she right. sees another sign that's like pointing to the basement and she's like it's in the basement of the Alamo <laughs> of the Alamo and so, yeah. yeah okay that that is right also. Um, they shot the scene where he's walking through the rain to the psychic's office in the Warner back lot. Oh, cool. And I walked through that street. just saying. Um, <laughs> also the part, uh, there's another part like at the end. Oh, the mm. part with the pet store when he's saving all the animals. Uh, that's totally the back lot too. Um, but he goes to the Alamo because he thinks his bike is in the basement of the Alamo. Um, he ends up there. There's like this whole scene where he's on a, oh my God, there's, there's Simone at the diner. So the diner that the large March thing happens at, uh, he meets Simone. She also is sort of hitting on him, but they're also just friends and she wants to go to Paris and, uh, her boyfriend thinks that they're cheating together yeah. and they sit in a big dinosaur. It's a whole thing. Then Pee Wee gets on a train and like, he has a thing with a hobo and then the hobo <laughs> is so annoying that Pee Wee jumps off the train. <laughs> which is wild, really funny Pee-wee. to me. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, God, and, uh, he ends up at the Alamo. Um, the he's getting a very lovely tour. Can you say Toffee's Tale? He's getting a very lovely tour of the Alamo by the woman who plays Jenna Maroney's mom in Thirty Rock, which I think is <laughs> iconic. Um, she's so good and has such a great Southern accent. It's um, stunning. And the joke is, he goes. Uh, but when are we going to see the basement of the Alamo? And she goes, there is no basement in the Alamo. It's and then sad. everyone laughs at him. And like, it's Poor sad. Pee-wee. It is very sad. Um, Just like a game. Simone. <laughs> Simone Simonier does make it to Paris. She gets on a bus to go to Paris because apparently you can take a bus to Paris. Um, and uh, God, where do we go from that? Oh, also pointing out... I think the second iconic part of this movie, when I was a kid, I always remembered Large Marge, tell him Large Marge sent you, and I always remembered when he calls Dottie on the phone, the payphone, and he's like, I'm in Texas, and she goes, 
Texas. And he's like, yeah, listen. And he steps out of the phone booth and he sings the stars at night are big and bright. Everyone walking by like claps and goes deep in the heart of Texas. Uh, It's so funny. I still think that's factual to Texas. I don't think that's a lie. (laughs) I mean, you've been. Did it happen when you were there? No, but I didn't yell it. But let me tell you, it would have happened. Um, I I will say another iconic part, though, that I think we jumped over because now that we uh, talked about Simone, was I love them just like hanging out inside the mouth of a T-Rex. Did you say that? Because it's so cute. Uh, I like barely mentioned it yeah it's it is really cute they watch the sunrise yeah. from a t-rex's mouth and it's, simone's so husband or giant boyfriend thinks that giant... they're sleeping together but and that's gay rights <laughs> he wants to beat peewee with his giant bone mm-hmm. and peewee doesn't like it asexual <laughs> what okay you know you're really onto something hey it was my original theory okay the symbolism's there yeah Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then we go. Oh, then yeah. PB ends up in a biker bar. I said I wasn't gonna go beat by beat, but here we are. PB ends up in a biker bar. We see Cassandra mm-hmm. Peterson out of drag, which is great. Um. They kick him out of the bar at first. I always forget they kick. They try to kick him out of the bar. Then he knocks over all their bikes, and so then they're like gonna kill him, and so he's like, "Don't I have a last request?" And so his last request is to dance to the song Tequila. Uh, in the line cooks platform yes. boots like saturday saturday night live boots it's wild um that part's also iconic he does yeah. a little tiptoe i love when he the they're bumper. like pinning him down um, on the table and they're like let's hang him and then kill him and then they're like no let's first burn him and then we'll hang him and then we'll kill him and then peewee's like or we could just let him go <laughs> well, i think we should let him <laughs> go they're like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he the dance apparently wins them over, and like they give him one of their bikes and push him out of the bar, and then he immediately drives into the side of the bar, which is so fucking funny to me every time. Yeah, he just, and like, then he gets taken to the hospital. Yeah, right yeah the it's so perfect. Yeah, and then he has the, yeah, then that's when he has his dream about the clowns um, at the Beetlejuice. And then he sees arches. on the TV at the hospital um, that the bike is in LA yes. because it's on the set of a movie or something that's being filmed yeah it's like an orphan it's the movie's about an orphan kid at a catholic orphanage that gets a bike because yeah. he sells <laughs> magazine subscriptions but then he gets adopted but he wants the orphanage job. it's a lot Wee goes to the studio it's warner brothers um and um basically like it turns the whole thing into chaos and is like going through like every movie shoot and like there's he's being chased by like the security guards on golf carts he's being and he's peepees on the bike security guards on golf carts he's which are dragging like a santa sleigh with well, a santa that a also boat. gets a, a guy gets in, in like a speedboat that then gets yes, on a it's santa like a sleigh. beach party movie yeah and then yeah and then a godzilla joins santa sleigh so <laughs> It yeah. is very funny it's so funny um, oh and then they run into twisted sister who's making yeah, a music video on the lot and uh yes which is wonderful yes. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's so good and then like i said earlier the producers are like we think that this would make a great movie and so they turn it into a movie and then he's so in the movie that they make the studio version of the movie Wee has a oh bit God, part playing so like bad. a bellhop at a, a hotel <laughs> and like 
he's like purposefully bad and like he's mouthing the line. Well, I mean, the, the joke is that Pee Wee is not a good actor because it's not Paul Rubens playing this guy, it's Pee Wee playing him. And so, like, right. yeah, so Pee Wee is like, right. he's not purposefully being bad. I feel like he's just not good. Like, he's like, I'm a bad yeah. actor. And like, when he looks at the camera, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, there's a part where, like, the movie Pee-wee walks away, and then, like, the Paul Rubens Pee-wee is just, like, standing at the, like, staring at the camera, <laughs> and then, like, turns and, like, walks, like, walks away. They also, yeah. like, ADR'd his voice and, like, dubbed him over. And he's, like, yeah. paging Mr. Herman. Mr. <laughs> Herman, please. <sighs> I love it. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, cute. Like, you see, like, mm-hmm. all the people you met throughout the movie. Um, he has his bike. And then Francis is all, um, like, oh, yeah, I'm Pee-wee's he- best friend. And <laughs> I am the whole reason he's even here. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he's, like, you should let me sit on your bike. Um, and then Pee-wee's, like, okay, sure. And then he lets Francis sit on the bike. But then he psh, springs him off the bike, which is wonderful. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, the bike has oh, like yes. a lot of bells and whistles, and like when he's riding through the studio, there's like jetpacks, it and spills shit. oil, and like there's smoke screams, and yeah, and Jack, he does like a whole like um, ET moment, <laughs> jumping over the fence. Yeah, I was gonna say just saying bells and whistles does not actually help with the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I um, also love because there's the yeah. the convict that apparently was taken back into custody. Yeah but he's able to watch the movie from, like, a bus. And Pee-wee hands him a sandwich, and yeah. then the guard, like, grabs the sandwich before the other guy kind of takes out, like, a giant file and then hands it to the guy. He's like, file, thanks for trying, yeah. Pee-wee. It's so, uh. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, that's, like, pretty much the movie. I love this movie. I think it's super gay. It's campy. It's hilarious. It's really well done. Like I said, mm-hmm. peak Tim Burton, peak Danny Elfman, it was funny because I put this movie on at, like, 8 this morning because I just, like, woke up and I was like, I'm just going to watch this movie. And then, like, Blair comes out of the bedroom and he's like, are you watching Pee Wee? And I was like, yeah, it's for the podcast. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then, like, he just sits down and, he, like, the whole time he's like, oh, my God, this part, this part. Like, and he was just like, <laughs> he yes. was like, he was like, Blaze, you got to see this part. I'm like, I'm watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally beside you right now. I'm literally right here. Uh, but yeah, he oh, loves so those cute. movies, though. Uh, um, yeah. He was very happy to have this so on good. TV. As if Blair could get any better. Yeah, he he also loves Pee Wee. Like, Casey, oh, you don't. But no, 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 Casey, you don't love this movie, even though you claim to have watched it a million times. Is it just that I, you watched it too many times, or what's going on? No, I just think I think in my life now, it's a type of humor that. I just don't care for. I don't know. It just like kind of. It's a movie that okay. just washes over me. If I just focus on it, I don't like it. I think it's always been a movie that I've been doing something else while it's mm. also on. So now, I mm. think this time actually like sitting down. I, it's why I looked down for a while and missed the whole chain to uh, a clown well, thing. Where I'm just like, okay. Casey, this is what I have because I, I think it's supposed to be like little fun vignettes. This yeah. is what I have to say to you. Yeah, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Okay. Uh, and this is why I don't see, like it's this funny because I, I think I'm the reverse of you, Casey, because there's, like, so many other movies that, like, I will put on, but I will just, like, fuck around on my phone mm-hmm. or, like, hang out with a cat. Like, I'll do other things. This movie, like, I put on and, like, I put up, like, a game on my phone and, like, I found myself, like, 
not paying attention to the game because I was like, because the movie moves mm-hmm. so fast to me that I just like always want to pay attention. Like there's always a joke coming or a weird character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just maybe I I think I my short attention span and my um, uh, why you're like this attention deficit <laughs> disorder maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, to answer your question, Casey, that you're probably gonna ask. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, you know, before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to let you know they can find us on Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast. I promise it's still there if you go looking for it. If you get on your phone right now and you type in um, Y-A-M-I-L-Y-K-E-T-H-I-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you will find our um, <laughs> link on Instagram um, or Facebook oh my God. on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. Um, and if you'd like to reach out to us... Pee. Yeah, she's like, I'm not listening to this anymore. Um, <laughs> she's also like, I'm also bored by this oh section. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, we'd also have an email, <laughs> which does still work and is linked to my phone, which is why am I like this at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank God. Um, don't forget to rate. Don't forget to review. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, and tell us, tell us like what... Thing you would go across the country and look for in the basement of the Alamo if it was stolen from you. Like, yeah. would it be a child? Would it be a cat? Would it be a bicycle? Would it be a porn stash? Uh, not like a porn mustache, but like a stash of pornography. <clears throat> Just throwing it back to Paul Rubens and his uh, yeah. legal troubles. I, I was going to ask <laughs> what porn would cause you to get arrested in public? <laughs> What's that irresistible <laughs> thing? <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel like <laughs> I'm in New York City now. Anything goes. Anything goes. Liz, what, kink, what kinks are you into? Kinks. <laughs> I was asking the, the listeners, but if you all want to have this discussion. <laughs> I'm good. I think there's some things that we don't need to talk about. Great. Well, on that note, let's do some many good things. Um, I will kick <laughs> us off since I'm already talking about it. Um, uh, it's been a few weeks since we recorded, so I have a couple things. Um, last night I kind of impulsively went to see a show at the Park Avenue Armory here in New York City Uh, it is on the Upper East Side and is a pain in the ass to get to but it's like a really wild venue it's literally an old like like uh, military armory so there's just giant like drill hall which is where they produce their shows it's massive it's like 100 feet tall it's stupid I don't understand why they would choose it to do shows on it but anyway we saw the show called The Doctor um, it's a show from the the West End uh, from London um, it stars Juliet Stevenson I think is her name and it was like phenomenal like the like it's all about this doctor who like makes a decision on this like patient who's dying's last rites um, and kind of like what happens after it but it was so well done it was great direction they have a live drum player who like plays along with the show the whole time that kind of like underscores it but like on a drum set it's i don't know it was insane it was really really good um one of the best things i've seen in a long long time if you're in new york i recommend seeing it it runs like through the middle of august it's a really long run um so yeah do that also a couple weekends ago i went to a pride event in asbury park new jersey for some reason and um, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen perform, and it was wow. crazy and fun and cold. It was like 55 degrees and windy all day. It was not ideal for an outdoor concert, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, 
I think the wind about picked her up and carried her away because, like Pee Wee Herman, I think she's also 98 pounds soaking wet. Um, yeah, no, it was a really good time. Um, those are my many good things. Amazing. I also have kind of a list to go through, which is great. Because um, <laughs> typically I struggle. Um, so the first one is a series on Netflix called Exo Kitty. It's the follow-up to All the Boys I Love, and now there's a TV show spinoff of The Youngest Child, and it is so fun. If you love a teen drama or teen comedy, I definitely would watch this. It's They essentially created an American K-drama, because the whole storyline is that in the last movie, she met a boy in um, Korea, and now for her junior year of high school, she's going to study in Korea. Uh, to the same school that her boyfriend's at and then shenanigans kind of ensue while she's there so like you get to see a lot of Korean culture they speak um, Korean for a lot of it which I love Um, but also she's kind of a fish out of water scenario in it because she's the American there it's very fun go watch it I love it it was so good Um, another one is a Disney Plus series called American Born Chinese which is a very fun um, action but also coming of age story um, which has Michelle Yeoh, and I always forget his name, but the guy that's also from um, yeah, uh, Everything Everywhere Key, All at Once, Key and also Kwan. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Key Quake well, Kwan. and Stephanie yeah. Shu is also yes, he's in also it, in I it. believe. If she is, I haven't seen her yet. Because <laughs> I, th- I thought it was <laughs> like a so, whole reunion I, of like... I hope so. <clears throat> I yeah. think she's like a featured character in an episode. Oh. Um, but it's essentially about like there's Chinese mythology um, in it, and one of these mythological um, beings, their child has like taken this magical artifact and has fled to America, um, where he meets a kid who is a first generation, um, like Chinese born American. And so it's, it's again talking about a lot about Chinese culture and Chinese like mythology, but very much a coming in age story for the American born Chinese kid. Um, it's very fun, and it's very great, it's very sweet. Um, another thing is I just recently opened a show where I costume designed a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, which was quite the trials and tribulations to get it open, but I'm very happy with the design. Um, and I worked with some really lovely, wonderful people. Um, and so I'm happy one that I did that and two that it's open so I can get some rest now (laughs) so I can maybe finish some of these shows. Um, and my last thing is... Thank you so much. Um, So I love the series Dimension 20 on the Dropout app. And they just announced their next series, which starts June 28th. And it's Dungeons and Drag Queens. Um, They do a lot of like, um, oh, like live play shows and whatnot. So it's a D&D campaign. But the people in it are Jujubee, Bob the Drag Queen, Monet Exchange in Alaska. And I'm so excited to watch the four of them play D and D together. Group of drag queens. It's uh, they announced the cast, and I literally like freaked out because I was not expecting them at all. I thought it was going to be some other people I have never heard of. Um, so I'm so stoked yeah. for that. The previews alone look so amazing, um, and those are my many good things. Awesome. Um, I also have a bit of a list. Uh, so. Um, for Let's me, uh, first off, I have to say that um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was fucking amazing. And also, I was 
upset because I didn't realize it was a part one while I was in the theater. I kind of forgot that it was a part one. And it ends on a huge fucking cliffhanger. And I was like, "Ah, I gotta wait a whole year. But it is so good. Um, So I highly recommend that. If you've never seen, you know, the first one, obviously watch that before. But it's, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, And Jason Schwartzman's the bad guy. And I was like, hey, Jason Schwartzman. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I also started recently watching Platonic on Apple TV. Um, and I'm really liking it. It's Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. And basically they were like best friends in college. And then they sort of had like a falling out because she didn't really love his wife. And then he gets divorced. And so she like reaches out to him. Um, and they start becoming friends again. Um, and yeah, it's very funny. They're both hilarious. And I just love Seth Rogen. And like his style in the show is like very adorable and uh funny i don't know it's like quirky fun i just like how he dresses it's good um and then i had one other thing what was it oh well whatever i'm sure it was great yeah save it for next time (laughs) uh that's awesome i'm glad we have so many good things uh and hopefully we'll keep having good things um and thank I you all what it for was. joining us. Can I say for it? A... Back to the street. Well, I yeah, just no, saw Big Frida <laughs> last night um, at... Oh, what the fuck? Like, I saw your stories and I'm like, what the hell? So and uh, it was absolutely wild. She was... Uh, they were great. Um, and it was a great show. And I was like, hell yeah. I love this whole vibe. And uh, they got... Like, all of these people came up on stage to shake their asses. And it was so funny and fun. Yes. Uh, Did no. Blair shake his ass? I mean, ass? like, in the audience, I guess. But he didn't mm. go up there to, like, do it. Uh, we all sure, tried okay. to get him to, though. We yeah. were like, we should go. You should go. Coward. Um, and, yeah, it was just a great show. So, uh, and it was, you know, a fun, like, they talked a lot about pride and celebrating pride and th- things. Even though it wasn't, like, a pride-specific event, it was just fun to see, like, queer joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great, great show. So, yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm envious of you. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another Pride Month on Generation Why Am I Like This. Um, please join us when we're back to your regularly scheduled non-gay things, which are always secretly a little gay for us. Um, <laughs> so we're doing something a little crazy for the next couple months. And we're just a little gay, honestly. To... <laughs> it's very gay. It's not a little gay. It's like full on um we're doing a whole reese witherspoon cycle because why not um yes. so we're all gonna take turns doing a reese witherspoon property but we're kicking it off with a super episode we're all going to be talking about everyone's favorite yes legally blonde legally blonde can't wait um no. <laughs> the musical yes I, we should talk about the music We'll mention it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.